I've been getting in my steps, lifting weights, and now I'm trying really hard to get as much protein as I can. That's why I'm excited about trying Clean Simple Eats because they're just that, clean and simple. Their protein powder is always grass-fed with no seed oils or artificial ingredients. It's third-party tested and non-GMO and gluten-free. They've got 26 delicious all-natural flavors. You really can't go wrong with any of them. They've got Simply Vanilla and other unique flavors like cookies and cream, caramel toffee, and even cinnamon roll. I have a feeling my entire family may just like Clean Simple Eats protein powder, and they're probably going to use it every day because it's so easy to put into your milk or a recipe my daughter loves to bake or in a smoothie, which my son loves to drink almost every day. You can It's amazing really in any form. Visit cleansimpleeats.com and use the code ASKLISA20 at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's cleansimpleeats.com with the code ASKLISA20 for 20% off your first order. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hi, I'm Rena Nainen, and this is Ask Lisa, the Psychology of Parenting podcast. It's a podcast to help parents better understand their kids. Dr. Lisa Demore, a psychologist with three decades of experience and the author of three New York Times best-selling parenting books, takes your questions. Both of us are moms ourselves, and we're eager to hear from you. So send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And you can join our community by following us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The handle is Ask Lisa Podcast. And also subscribe to our brand new YouTube channel, Ask Lisa Podcast. Episode 142, Should My Teen Be in Cars with New Drivers? What age were you when you started to drive? So I was 16. I got my license on my birthday, I remember mm-hmm. it. I, I have a November birthday. I remember waking up and it had snowed and I was super bummed, but I was in Colorado and I didn't want to take my driving test in the snow, but I took that test and I passed it the first time. But interestingly, I was young for my grade and my closest friends who were twins had gotten their license in January, a full 11 months before I did. And I had been driving around with them for almost a year before I was driving. So this letter... How long had they been driving? Like just just literally got their license oh, and you were able to... Oh, got their license, I was in. I was mm. jumping in their car. Jumping it's in their funny. car. It's Yeah, how just, about you, Rena? How did it unfold for you? Well, I you know, grew up in Tampa, Florida. And at 15, you can get your learners. And by 16, you had your own... Your, you can drive by yourself. And there were no rules about who you could take or who you couldn't take. Mm. And you know, I think there are now in many mm-hmm. states, right? We're going to get to this, but I want to read this letter because it's, it is, wow. It's a lot of things you wouldn't think about, but here we go. Dear Dr. Lisa and Rena, my son just turned 16. Several of his friends have gotten their driver's license and many others have permits and are working towards their license. All of a sudden, our son has the expectation that he's now able to drive with all his friends who have licenses. What are the things to think about and talk about when it comes to driving and riding with peers in cars? This feels new and a bit scary. 
We want to set up common sense parameters and we need some help. I really appreciate any thoughts you both may have. First, how scared should this parent be, right? Well, I got to tell you, Rena, having been through this as a mom, it is so scary when your kid starts riding around, either as a new driver or if they're driven by peers. And we'll come back to the question of whether that's even legal where you live. Mm. But I have to tell you, I remember when my older daughter was practicing driving and getting ready to have her driver's license. I had this like daydream of like, yeah, she can drive. We're going to go to an army surplus and purchase a tank. And that is what she's allowed to drive. Like my kid is going to be driving around Ohio in a tank. And those are the only conditions I am comfortable with. And, you know, I I had been caring for families in my practice where questions about kids driving, you know, was coming up and watched how scared parents were. And I actually, this letter pulls to mind, I just, it was one of the most tender and hardest clinical things I dealt with. It was a long, long time ago. I, I was, I had just gotten my PhD and I was practicing in Michigan and I was working at a clinic and I had a client come in and it was a dad and a daughter. I don't, the mom was not part of the picture. The daughter was 16. She was about to get her driver's license. The dad was a Michigan state patrol and his job as state patrol was to go to accidents where there had been a lethality. Wow. And this guy could not stomach the idea of his daughter driving. Mm -hmm. And I have such a vivid memory of this sweet, terrified giant cop sitting in my office and this sweet, honestly enraged 16-year-old girl sitting next to him. And she's like, are you even kidding me? Like, I can't drive. And he's like, are you even kidding me? You have no idea what I see all day. And I have never seen such an impasse. I think eventually we came up with like 700 parameters that made it possible for her to get behind the wheel. But Rena, man, it is, Mm -hmm. wait till your kids are there. It is terrifying. I feel it already, you know, and my kids are 11 and 12, but we're looking for a new car. I want a new SUV. But in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, this is probably going to be the vehicle they're going to be driving around in, in in three, four years. Um, So I started watching like these test dummy videos oh. of all the cars I'm looking at. And then it's like, you, you don't want, don't, don't, don't go down those. that rabbit hole. Don't look, at don't those. look down that Absolutely. rabbit hole. Absolutely. And like, you know, let's take a minute here. Like we're talking about kids who have the kind of financial access that gives them, you know, the possibility of even getting a driver's license mm. who, you know, may or may not have access to a car, may have access to their own car. Like this isn't going to be every kid. Like we, mm-hmm. where we are, Actually, um, for lots of reasons, it doesn't make sense to give your kid a car. Like, mm. it never made sense for us to give or have a car that our older daughter, you know, called her own. She always was driving our cars. But I also had the same thing of like, okay, this is the car my kid's going to be driving when she doesn't know much about driving. Exactly. And it's really scary. Um, but not every family is, of course, even in a position to have this worry um, where they can afford to have cars for their kids to drive. It's a great point. Um, Take us back for a second, because not only have you looked at the research and the laws, but you actually had a daughter who went through this. Um, What do you? What should parents keep in mind once your kids are officially licensed drivers? Well, this is one of those places in parenting where it's just very scary to have a teenager. And and I I wish I was like and so here's the magic answer mm-hmm. to not being worried about your teenager's safety, but there are realities to having teenagers, especially where they leave the house, they go to parties, 
They are not entirely under our supervision. We cannot 100% guarantee their safety. And I think um, if I do come up with a magic solution to that problem, I will be, I'll tell you first, Rena. Mm. But I think that there's also just at some level, we have to say, you know, you have a kid, you, you know, they pass the driver's test, you do everything you can to prepare them. At some level, you have to hope that it all goes okay. Or if they have a little, you know, issue, it's a little issue, right? And, you know, one of the ways I thought about it as a parent is, you know, there's local driving and there's highway driving. And those are very different safety levels. And so, you know, this is a minor adjustment and it's not that kids can't have a terrible accident locally, but I think the more time kids can spend driving locally before they're doing a lot of highway driving, probably the better. But we're like, we're like, you know, just um, working around the edges here, Rena. There is a fundamental core here that having a teenager is scary and having a teenager who has started to drive is a very Mm -hmm. scary thing. What do you think parents need to keep in mind when they get the keys? What what are the rules? You know, you have rules. You're not anti-technology or anti-social media. You are like, this is our world. Here are some parameters. What mm-hmm. would you set up that parents should maybe need to keep in mind? So you make rules like there is no interacting with your phone when you are, you know, in the car. Um, you know, and it gets to question about like navigators and stuff, you know, and having to figure that out. But it also means we have to be very careful what we're modeling as parents, mm, right? So true. Before our kids start driving about, you know, whether we're like, you know, getting to the top, stoplight and texting and, you know, like, do we want to be showing that? Um, you know, there's some people who have their, they themselves and have their kid put their phone in the trunk, you know, while they're driving. Yeah. Like yeah. that is not a, you know, bad idea at all. And then, you know, I was listening to this letter. One thing that's really helpful because this parent is concerned about her son riding around with peers. This is a good concern to have. And the reason that the concern is heavily validated by research is that we have research showing that 16 and 17-year-olds in particular, so new drivers, are more likely to have accidents for every additional passenger in the car who is a peer. So not family members, but for every additional friend who's in the car, the chances of having an accident go up. And we Mm. have studied this. It's actually very easy to study, right? You pull the accident data, you pull who was in the car, you look at the age of the driver. And so because of those laws, actually, this is one of those those statistics. This is one of those places that's pretty rare where the laws do a really good job of responding to what we know from the research side. In the 90s, most states put in what's called a graduated driver's license, which is you have your permit before age 16, and then somewhere around 16, and it's not age 16 and zero months in every state. Some states even push it older, but you get your limited driver's license, um, I think is what it's called, or intermediate driver's license. Mm -hmm. um, that comes with all these extra rules. So you've passed your driver's test. And in most states, the rules are limiting driving at night, that there's curfew times where kids cannot be out driving. And in most states, it is you can have one passenger under the age of 21 who's not a family member or zero passengers under the age of 21. Um, and that is true for a year or that is true for six months. So the states have actually taken it upon themselves to use this research to show it is not safe for packs of teenagers to be driving around in cars. We're going to make it illegal. And when those laws came in, immediately 
we saw a drop in wow. lethal accidents for young drivers. Wow. By, by putting laws in place about nighttime driving, how many people can be in the car, you saw the number of teen fatalities drop. Dramatically. Like wow. these laws work, the research holds up. So the first thing I think when I listen to this letter is like, well, what state are you in? Because there's a really good chance that your kid's not even allowed to be in another kid's car. Um, and so you've got those laws on your side. How do you even find out, Lisa? Like, you know, I'm in the state of Connecticut. You're in Ohio. If someone's in Florida or Texas or California, how do they find out what those laws are? Um, pretty easy to do a Google search and just, you know, like – Good old Google. Limited yeah. driver law, you know, uh -huh. rules in my state. And, okay. and those will pop right up. And um, a couple states are pretty, you know, are looser about it. Um, not all states have this, but the vast majority of states are very rigid about who can be in the car and, you know, and they all have like these funny little variables, like there can be an extra teenager if there's also an adult in the car supervising the whole mm. situation. But the the laws really get it about mm. the role of having peers in the car. All right. And that's also great if you're vacationing somewhere that you and your child has, like, right? I good mean, that's point. another thing that you need that's to get into. That's a really good point. I want to get more into the laws and, and also ask about additional rules um, for parents as well in dealing with the situation. We're going to pause, take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Ask Lisa, The Psychology of Parenting. This message is sponsored by Greenlight. We spend a lot of time teaching our kids please and thank you. But one thing I've realized I haven't spent a lot of time teaching my children is how to be financially responsible. We started using the Greenlight app and it's made a difference in helping them have that conversation about money and to really understand how it can affect their lives. Greenlight's a debit card and a money app that's made for families. I can send money to my kids, keep an eye on their spending and their savings. I didn't think I would need this app, but my kids are absolutely loving it. And they're getting the concept of what it means to save. I love the lessons they're learning. I love the games they're playing. I love that they are being educated at a younger age that you need to learn how to save. Sign up for the Greenlight app today and get your first month free when you go to greenlight.com slash asklisa. That's greenlight.com slash asklisa to try Greenlight for free. Greenlight.com slash asklisa. EarthBreeze EcoSheets look just like a dryer sheet, but instead of being a dryer sheet, they're in fact an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It's really the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and to your skin. Personally, I get a huge kick out of using EarthBreeze. I love the fact that it takes up less space, is better for the environment, and yet it leaves my clothes smelling so good and it gets them so clean. Here's the bottom line. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I actually did something good, not just for my laundry, but also for the earth. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash asklisa. That's earthbreeze.com slash asklisa to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription earthbreeze.com slash ask Lisa. I'm all for healthy habits, but I don't trust quick fixes. This is why I love Daily Harvest. They take all of the work out of eating well, and all I have to do is enjoy. Daily Harvest makes it so easy for me to eat in the nutritious and delicious ways that I like. They take the planning, the prep, the cleanup out of cooking, and they deliver meals that are packed with vegetables and fruits straight to my door. 
The other thing I love about them is that it's not the same old boring meals. I love their dragon fruit and lime smoothie. I also love their butternut squash and rosemary soup. They also have this wonderful herb squash and asparagus risotto. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash asklisa to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash asklisa for $30 off your first box and free shipping. dailyharvest.com slash asklisa. Welcome back to Ask Lisa, the psychology of parenting. We're talking about kids getting their driver's license and driving with other kids in the car. Lisa, you were talking a little bit about the research that you've looked into. I'm just so fascinated by the fact you say with every other kid in the car, it goes up exponentially, the the chance of, of an accident. Why is that? Can you tell us a little bit more about the research? Yeah, so this, um, I actually love this study. And, you know, like this is the nerd in me. I just like get really excited <laughs> about studies. And the key study that I want to unpack actually was done by um, researchers Margot Gardner and actually Lauren Steinberg, Larry Steinberg, mm. who joined us on the yes. podcast last, last, last season, season um, who has long studied teenagers. And here's how they did this research study. And it's like so clever. So they had a lab where they brought in people in three different age groups. So they had young teenagers, 13 to 16. They had older teenagers who were 18 to 24, and then they had people over the age of 18 to 22, and then they had people over the age of 24. So 13 to 16, 18 to 22, and then 24 years and older. So they brought each of these groups into a lab, and they had them do a video game where you were driving in the video game, and you were trying to get to where you were going as fast as possible, um, and there were points for getting there faster. But there were also points taken away for accidents. But it encouraged, frankly, reckless driving. They watched how people in each of these three groups, young teenagers, older teenagers, and adults, played this video game when nobody was watching with them, when they were all by themselves in the lab. They recorded that. And what they found is they all drove very similarly. Mm. Even the 13 to 16-year-old group was every bit as cautious as the adults. They then brought in age mates to watch them play the video game. So for the 13 to 16-year-old subjects in the research study, they brought in other young teenagers to watch them as they played the video games, and they did this for all of the age groups. And what they discovered is that when they had age mates watching, things changed. Mm. The adults drove the same. Mm -hmm. The adults were no more risky when other adults watched them drive. The Older adolescents, the 18 to 22-year-old group, got a little riskier when their age mates were watching. The 13 to 16-year-olds became twice as risky when their friends were watching. So the key in this is the 13 to 16-year-olds drove the same as the adults when they were alone. Mm. It's when they have their peers around that things get dangerous. And that's how we have you know, established this. So is it partially uh, distraction, also them saying maybe go faster or egging them on and they want to show off? Is it like, what do you think is really all of the above? I think it's kind of all of the above. I think in the research study, the peers were silent. They were just present. Mm -hmm. But it also gets to something we've talked about recently on the podcast of like cold and hot reasoning, that you've got two different neural systems at work when teenagers are out in the world. They've got their 
logical, thoughtful, reasonable, driving all by myself neural system. And then they have their, which is what we call cold reasoning. And then they have their hot reasoning, like, I'm with my friends. This is exciting, you know, and they are more likely to have accidents under those conditions. So those are the kind of research studies that have been game changing to the Mm. laws and actually to adolescent safety. Mm. It makes sense. Makes total sense. Um, I I didn't know about these laws and I didn't know about the research either. It's just so fascinating. What do you say for parents? Like what I I think about the, um, was it the highway patrol um, that you, uh, you mentioned earlier? Michigan state patrol guy. Michigan state patrol guy. And like, what are, rules that you Mm -hmm. think are reasonable that parents should consider putting in place? So the kinds of rules I would make, and they can be hard to enforce, like no music, right? Even that, right? You know, especially Mm. like I I like love vibing to music in my car, but you know, like for teenagers and like I'm sure my own adolescent daughters would like roll their eyes tremendously to hear me say the word vibing in public. <laughs> but, you know, teenagers, yeah. like, they really vibe to their music. And so, you know, you can say, listen, no music. Put your phone in the trunk. Um, do not text while driving. Do not do any of those things. Um, your job is to, you know, show us that you're a very safe driver. You know, there's there's ways you can monitor and, and technology that helps you monitor. And, and if you really are anxious about your kid, I would look into that. Like you can monitor the speeds they're going. I mean, there's things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, we say this a lot, like you got to know your kid. You got to know if you can trust your kid. If you don't trust your kid, if you're like this, you know, is a very impulsive young person who's not going to follow any of my rules, you know, then maybe you're going to constrain their driving for a while while they grow up a bit. But I think no music, no phones, and then, you know, hopefully the laws are on your side and like no driving your friends around. And if you happen to be in a state where you're like, nope, the laws are not there or not rigid enough, go ahead and make them. Like pull Mm -hmm. up the national landscape of these laws and be like, look, I don't know why our state doesn't have these laws. These laws are based in research. They keep you safe. I am making this rule. And, you know, like it's not forever. It's not. It's it's like most of them – you get a full driver's license by 17, you know, it's like, it's not, you know, an infinity time, but it is, this is really, you know, this is big stuff. It is. It really is. And, and I also think the point about modeling behavior, I know I'm very guilty. Um, I pick up the phone, I'm at a red light, I'm texting because I, I need to, you know, find out what, where the next thing is or whatever we're doing. But I know my kids are watching. Do you have any mm-hmm. advice for parents on modeling good behavior? Well, it's tough, right? Because we think we can do it and we are more experienced drivers. And, you know, I think a lot of us, and I'll say myself included, have been like, well, I've been doing it and nothing bad has happened, mm-hmm. right? So it's, mm-hmm. it's you know, kind of reinforcing in that way. Um, I think that it is really worth it as your kids approach driving age to make a big production of saying, you know, I've been thinking about you becoming a driver. I've been thinking about my driving and I am changing how I'm driving. These are my new rules. I'm going to start putting my phone in the trunk or I'm going to disable it. So even it can't come through, you know, my phone connects to my car. And then sometimes I, you know, I can take calls that way. Mm -hmm. Just say, you know what, I'm going to focus hundred percent. It's just not worth it. It's just not worth it. There's nothing I have that is so urgent that it cannot wait till I'm done driving. I would make a big production of it and say, these are the rules for me. These are going to be 100% the rules for you. 
that is great about making a big production. But, you know, it's also hard because like Google Maps is connected to my phone. And if I'm going somewhere new, I'm, I'm putting that in. And or is there an alternative route on the path that we're going that we know, you know? Um, so I think the the reality of how your phones are used for so much is really hard. It is hard. And the other thing, Rena, I have no sense of direction. Like I'm like, <laughs> like learning disability level, no sense yeah. of direction. It just doesn't happen to be a learning disability we diagnose. Did you have this experience? I remember this. I didn't know how to get anywhere. Like when I got my driver's mm -hmm. license, like mm -hmm. I didn't know how to get any of the places I had been going for years yeah, with somebody else driving. There was no Google Maps back then, right? No. When we were driving. Yeah. And I had no, I have no instincts to fall back on. Yeah. And so I think a lot about, and actually I found this with my older daughter who does actually have a sense of direction. When you're when you're being driven around, you don't always pay attention. So she actually wasn't very fluent with how to get to the places she was supposed to go once she became a driver. And so one thing that we needed to do, because I didn't want her, you know, trying to use her phone. In a lot of states, it's illegal to use a phone while driving, especially if you're a teenager. Like they have special laws for that. Um, as part of our driving practice as a family, I had her drive to places that I had driven her. So she started to learn the route mm. as much as she was learning also how to drive. That's good. I hadn't even thought of that. So, because you do get nervous and, you know, you kind of forget and that's, it's really, really great. Um, do you, I can't imagine you have, do you have a horrible driving story of your own? You know, I feel like I got really lucky because mm. um, I think about like, so I, I grew up skiing in Colorado and, you know, I had a car that like, I loved my car, but it wasn't a good car. Um, when I think about the driving I did at 16, like up into the mountains in Colorado on mm. these like, you know, snowy roads with sheer drops. I'm like, how did my parents let me do that? Like I would never let my kid do that. Um, so luckily nothing bad happened. Did anything happen to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I was 16 or so, it was senior year and my mom had gone away. It's the first time she'd ever left us, gone away for a month to Kerala, India, where she's from because her, her brother was getting married. And so she took the month off and went and she came back and I decided to skip school mm. and just go back home to see my mom. I mean, what kind of a nerd am sure. I? Skip school to go <laughs> home and see mom, to see your mom and have lunch. <laughs> and as I was pulling out of the King High School parking lot in Tampa, Florida, I hit the school police officer's car. Oh, good job, Rena. Yeah, hit the police <laughs> officer's car as I am leaving school. Was so he they cool had about to, it or was he horrible? He was such a cool, like oh, so good. cool. Um, but he, they had to do a write-up. They had to document it. They had to call oh another God. police officer to come in. And um, the rumor around school, because Mrs. Jackson, who's a teacher I loved, um, law studies had brought in a forensic scientist to come in. So the rumor by lunchtime was that I had killed somebody in the school parking lot. Okay. Which was well, not true. Thank God but. you did not do that. <laughs> but also, um, that's hilarious. Hot cold reasoning. That's what. Hot that's cold what I reasoning, right? You're so, so excited to see your mom. Okay, you like you get the nerd prize for being <laughs> so excited to see your mom that that is the condition under which hot reasoning oh, kicked in. Oh, I do love, I do love my mom. But you know, it is scary, and I think there are just so many things when you add cell phones in right now that, you know, back when we were driving, we didn't have that, and to just be disciplined about it. But you worry. I want to give them the freedom. I. I get excited when my kids get older and they can reach a milestone of independence, yeah. but there's so much to think about. There's so much to think about. And what I will say, and I think a lot of parents will say this, is it also gets better for the parent, that it's very worrisome when your kid first gets their license or when, you know, if your laws allow it, your kid can be in a car with a kid who just got a license. Um, 
And then as, you know, the months pass and hopefully everything goes okay and the kids do become more skilled as drivers, like your anxiety goes down. Um, so it's not a forever problem for the parent either. Um, and it's not that horrible things don't happen and they do, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to minimize that. Um, here's another one, Rena, for you to think about. A lot of the laws allow family members in the car. So one of the scariest thing that also comes up is you get this, like, so this happened for us, like your kid can finally drive, she's 16, and your younger kid needs to go somewhere. Yes. And so then you're like, fantastic, I have mm-hmm. a driver. And then you're like, holy moly, my two children are in the same car being driven by a new driver. Great. So it's all very scary. And, um, you know, people should trust their instincts and, you know, make the rules that make, make sense to them. But um, there also does happily come a point where you're also thrilled to have your big kid take your mm-hmm. younger kid somewhere because it just makes your life easier if um, if you've got that kind of car situation in your family. Yeah, we are at the pickup drop-off like mania phase, so I'm, yeah. I, I welcome it. But it's you're right, having your two most prized possessions in life in one car with very limited driving experience yeah, is scary. It's, it's pretty scary stuff. Yeah. So um, yeah, parenting is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> Let, let's just say that. I wish someone had told me that before we had children. There's so much I wish I had learned before we had children. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So what do you have for us, Lisa, for parenting to go? You know, I I have a wonderful, wonderful friend who's the mother of four, all of whom, her youngest is a junior in high school. So she's really parented through um, adolescence. And uh, she's like just this incredibly steady, sturdy person. And she has a phrase that I try to hold on to sometimes. She says, I just don't let my mind go there. And mm. what she's talking about is she's had a lot of nights where one of her teenagers was out, out late, wasn't a million percent sure where they were, wasn't a million percent sure what the story was. And like all of us as a loving parent, like her mind can start to go down some really scary roads of where, you know, what's wrong and what could go wrong. And I have really tried to hold on to that sometimes in my own parenting. I'll just think, okay, I'm going to learn from my friend. Like, you don't have to let your mind go there, especially if there is nothing you can do. You don't have to torture yourself. Mm. So much of what we create is in our head. We can make it bad for ourselves. Mm. So do logical, rational things to, you know, assure as much safety as you can. And then if you're really, really struggling, think about what my friend has said to me. Does your mind have to go there? Mm. That's good. And next week, we're going to have a special guest on talking to us about how to raise a compassionate child. Dr. Tracy Baxley will join us. I'll see you next week. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Ask Lisa podcast so you get the episodes just as soon as they drop. And send us your questions to asklisa at drlisademore.com. And now a word from our lawyers. The advice provided on this podcast does not constitute or serve as a substitute for professional psychological treatment, therapy, or other types of professional advice or intervention. If you have concerns about your child's well-being, consult a physician or mental health professional. If you're looking for additional resources, check out Lisa's website at drlisademore.com. We'll see you next week.